Because I'll come back to what I said before. I don't care if I don't agree with you. As yeah. long as you have principles and you're a person of integrity, yeah. that's more yeah. important to me. Yeah. We can argue till the cows come home. And we, <laughs> I might disagree with you. You might disagree with me. But yes. Welcome, fellow traveller, to the Tent Talks podcast, where we fight bad ideas with good ideas. Join Dr. Stephen Backhouse and friends as we pursue the renewing of our theological, social and political imagination. Hello, my name is Shay Martins-Allen and I have been given the wonderful privilege of doing a podcast for Tent Theology. The fact that we have our first Asian Prime Minister in the United Kingdom, this should have impressed me, right? In some ways, I really am. The representation is good and I'm happy that children will now see that this is perfectly normal. Despite the fact that politically I'm not really a fan of any of these people, I was still impressed with the diversity. Yet there was also something about it that made me feel a bit uncomfortable. I was confronted with my own reflection almost. I should have felt happy, impressed, a belief that yes, someone who looks like me can be in top positions in government. That's how I was told I should feel anyway. I am fascinated by ethnic minorities in public life, and I personally am a lover of diversity of thought. Ethnic minorities are not one monolithic group, and there is a huge diversity within communities. There is always a freedom of choice. Attempts to group us all into one block don't work, and that is actually where I find common ground with more right-wing ethnic minorities who are sick of people and politicians assuming that they will be left-leaning because of the colour of their skin. Yet for me, many of them go too far and do end up looking a little bit like the poster boy slash girl for more sinister white extremists who want to use them as their poster boy slash girl of their cause if they get the ethnic minority to say they hate immigrants. But then again, is that fair? Some on the left go straight for the claim that they are not really black or not really Asian, which also seems very, very wrong to me. They are black or Asian. They just happen to disagree with other black or Asian people. As someone who likes diversity of thought in principle, I see honestly nothing wrong with that. And so I find myself in the middle, like I do at most times in my life, looking at both sides and wondering how we got here. Is it as simple as those on the left see it? Unrepresentative traitors being used by white people to promote a racist cause? Or is it as the right see it, an emerging force of ethnic minorities sick of the woke ideology and standing up for proper conservative values, which are valid and actually widely held? Often, they're just too scared to say what they think because of the backlash and slurs from lefties. Or is it just not that simple? In this second episode, we will talk to the people who lean slightly to the right, both socially and economically. Again, that doesn't always mean they vote that way. My father and Peter are both from the boomer generation, and I was very keen to hear their views as they lived in a completely different cultural landscape. I was expecting this group to be less impressed with the so-called identity politics, but I was keen to test that theory out in the interview. So let's explore and see what happened. My father, Sunday Martins, came to the United Kingdom from Nigeria in 1980 to study here as a student and has been here ever since. So we're getting on for 43 years now. He is definitely more right wing than I am. And this leads to some incredible conversations over the family 
dining table. We have always agreed to disagree very, very nicely, but I thought this was too good an opportunity to miss. And so I interviewed him and asked him what he thought about finally having a Tory ethnic minority person in charge. Did that make him proud? Was that every immigrant parent's dream now fulfilled? Did he think that this would have a really good impact on race relations? What was it? Or did he think it would have no impact at all? I found his answers very illuminating and very, very helpful. It helped me understand why he thinks the way he thinks. So have a listen. I think you will enjoy this one. My name is Sunday Martins. I'm 64, 64. I'm an accountant by training, but I do management consulting for big blue chip clients on finance transformation programs. How long have you been doing that for? Almost 20 years now. More than 20 years. More than 20 years. Yes. Okay, excellent. And where where were you born? In Nigeria, a city called Ibadan. My, my parents are both Nigerian, from, both from different um, um, indigents. They are, yes, different indigents. My dad is a Yoruba man. My mom is an Edo woman. When did you first come to the UK? 1980. I came to 1st of July, 1980. I was, I was four days to my 21st birthday. So when you came in 1980, who was prime minister of this country? Margaret Thatcher. Good old Margaret. <laughs> and she had just started, right? Because she was 1979. She started in 79. Exactly. So you came in, you know, basically peak Thatcher years, right? Yes. So th- and how did, what was that like? What was it like living in Britain under Margaret Thatcher's rule? I was a young man. I was a student. So I didn't really, I mean, for, for as far as I'm concerned, you know, we were treated well, you know, things were going well and the economy was I was more interested because I'm an accountant. I was more interested in the way she was handling the economy. How did you feel like she treated immigrants, or you weren't you didn't you weren't that interested in that? I, I was not really interested because you know they gave us our rights. You know, I mean, they restricted some things. I think she was the one that probably changed the policy. I don't know whether she changed it before I came or just after I came. That before I came, if you were born in England by a, a foreign uh, indigenous, you 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 are entitled basically you become british just like you have in america now i think Margaret Thatcher changed that policy that if you are born here you have to have stayed for x number of years before you become british it was beginning to move it away from the old policy so do you remember when you first got a vote in the uk when did you first vote? I, I was still a student and we were entitled, because if you are from Commonwealth countries and you are a student, you are allowed to vote. I just, maybe in the first few years, I didn't bother, but I think Margaret Thatcher's second or third term, because she was there, I think she won two elections or after I came. I, I think she was, um, yes, I think I started voting around that time also. And what were your political leanings at the time? So when you're a young man in your 20s, say it's 21 to 31, how did you kind of vote? I think Labour was not really in power. And I think at that time, there were some, I, I call them loony left. Michael my, my, my Foot, okay, was, um, <laughs> was I didn't like Michael Foot policy at all. So okay. my leaning was towards Margaret Thatcher at that time because he was, she was like, for me, like the forefather of um, whatever this man was, um, labor guy that lost to... Uh, Jerry Corbyn. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. So Michael Foo was really far to the left. In fact, 
I think it was Thatcher's era that SDP started because they went too far to the left. And so Michael uh, Owen, he, he, um, he was like the... Um, Michael Foote, you mean? No, no, no. There was another man called Michael Owen. Oh, I see. Not the footballer. Not the footballer. There was another man. You know, you probably will hear about him. Um, or David Owen. I can't remember if it's Michael Owen or David Owen. He was um, a Labour person and was shadow foreign minister. And he was middle of the road. But I think they, 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 they went too far to the left. So he broke out. And with Shelley Williams, they broke out and they started the SDP. Yeah, which then became the Liberal Democrat Party. That's right. But Michael, oh, no, David Owen didn't join um, the lady. She stayed with SDP, and so she was more or less squeezed out. It's just like this um, Nigerian guy or Nigerian mixed race guy. Chukamuna. Just like Chukamuna, he stayed his ground. He didn't. He didn't go for Libra. He didn't go with the Libras, and so they were effectively squeezed out. Right. Okay. I see. You know, Got it. But he was a principled man. So when you say the economy is what drew you to Margaret Thatcher at the time, the other immigrants around you, because obviously you were surrounded by other Nigerian immigrants, that was was that the community that you stuck with for the most part when you first came? Is that accurate? Not really, because there were not many as many as we had now. My main community, yes, Nigerian uh, fellow students, you know, where, where I was studying, and uh, my church, Kensington Temple in Central London. And that church, there were there was a the good thing that was like a like my experience of uh, international community because I didn't go to university here. The the college that I was in, there were there were uh, Chinese, uh, Malaysians, Singaporeans, Africans, West Indians, West Indians. There was a crop of us that just came to study accountancy at that time. Many of us were from the Commonwealth co- countries. And this Commonwealth country from Southeast Asia, the Caribbeans and the Africans. I had those colleagues as friends. And then at Kensington Temple, I had other friends, also obviously students that were able to go to uh, London universities, you know, like LSE, like um, King's College, like whatever, and USC, USC, so I met those students in Kensington Temple and Imperial College, you know, so I, I met them all at Kensington Temple, and most of them were from wealthy families uh, from Southeast Asia and Africa. Was that, does that mean people voted in lots of different ways, actually? Was it quite mixed, or did people vote in a very similar way? Correct. Most of us voted Tatcha because of privatisation. She privatised, that was how we knew Abe National, all the building societies, she privatized them. British Airways, British Telecom, you name it. They were national industries. She privatized and she allowed us to buy shares in those companies. And was that attractive? That was attractive to you guys at the time. Absolutely. British Gas, all of them, they were all national industries and allowed us to buy shares in those companies. And so we, 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 could, we could get dividends. That's good. So because you guys were, how do I put it, you were more capitalist thinking in nature. Exactly. You were more attracted to those policies. Economic policies, yes. Even though at the time, the Labour Party that was more left wing, I I would assume, again, correct me if if I'm wrong, because I wasn't there at the time, were they not more pro-immigrant and pro-rights for immigrants? Um, Probably, but uh, that that was not the main issue at that time, because... The, 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 the conservative party allowed immigrants to come in, 
as students mainly because I was in the students category. Okay, so they see you can come in from anywhere in the world. You can see come and do your studies. They don't. They, they don't bother. They, they don't allow other immigrants to come in. But if you are a student, you want to come and study, you can come and study here. That was that was the group that I was mainly mainly involved with. And how? What did you feel like the racism was like at that time in like 1980s? So I'm thinking about between 1980 and 1990, because you said you came in 1980. So between yes. your years of 21 and 31, what was racism like in London? Or was it because actually it was a very multicultural city? Was it actually okay? It was not overt, but obviously there was racism, you know. So at, at, during my time, it was the racism, as far as I'm concerned, the racism then was the glass ceiling in workplace. You know, you couldn't, you, you basically, if you are not an indigenous, a white uh, British, it's very difficult to, to get to senior managerial positions in. With employers, basically. Yes. Okay. So, so that uh, and 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 to get the necessary training, you know, to to the aspirations for uh, foreign, I will call it student, because we form the core of the I will call it progressives. Let me use that phrase. Um, so for me, so in that in that respect, there was racism because we they, they didn't expect us to to really get on, and and the way they see saw the black people is. I think it was with the image of the West Indians that came in the 60s. That was how they saw black people. You know, you do the mundane sort of work. So there was not much expectation. Either you do those sort of work or you are a footballer. <laughs> you know, that was it. That was that was it. That was it then. At that was time. there much crossover then between the West Indian black community and the African black community? Was there much crossover between the two or they were quite separate? Not much crossover because um, the African communities were mainly stu students. Fine, okay? yeah. And they were, they aspire to really go far, you know, because the value system in Africa, no, it's not exclusive to Nigeria, in Africa generally is that if you have an educational qualification, you will be expected to use it to further your uh, career and your lifestyle that was not the expectation between within the west indian communities here so i think this is where the racism they sort of kept them pushed down yeah pushed, yeah. pushed down and and the yeah. expectation was not much so there was not much mix yes. you know between the african aspirations and west indian aspirations. so do you remember for example when diane abbott was elected as an mp so I remember, but that was later on. That was really later. later. I mean, that was not late late eighties or even not, if not nineties. I think the first West well, Indian that was elected was Benny Grant. That was the first black person that was elected as an as an MP uh, into, into Labour Party. And even he was like, it was a little bit to the left, but it was mid uh, center left. It was not extreme as Michael Foot. It was center left. Was was that a big deal when he became an MP? Was that did you? Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. It was one of the few black people in, <laughs> in the parliament then by the Labour Party, you know. Yes, but what did you think at that point? Did you think that's definitely progress? Yeah, I thought it was progress for 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 black people, you know, to be in the in the parliament at that time. And then, sorry, yeah. Diane Abbott was the first black woman to do it. She he was the first black person. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But Benny Graham was the first black <laughs> man to hit. That's parliament, yeah. 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 Okay. So, did you when you first came? Then, did you ever think 
thinking back to you when you were sort of 25, 26, living in London as an immigrant, did you ever think it was possible at that point for an Asian person or a Black person to ever become prime minister of this country? Would you have thought that was possible at that time? No, no, not at that time. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> and why would you not have thought it was possible at all? Because, as I said, there was a block. You know, so so this country is, is basically ruled by those that are at the top of their various sectors that control the economy or in education or industry or commerce or in finance. So the people that control all those areas, the expectations is that you won't get um, a non-white person getting to the top of those areas. And you feel like politics was very representative of that at that time. So it was still the top people in that area. In all those different industries or those different sectors of the economy. But then there were MPs, people like Alan Johnson from the Labour Party, again, who kind of worked their way up through the post office and trade unions and things like that. They weren't, they didn't come from, you know, top positions in finance or in banking, unlike the Conservative Party or things like that. They came from pretty grassroots areas. There were MPs like that, but I guess they didn't become prime minister. Yeah, but they were in the Labour Party. It's just that Labour Party didn't win. I think when the Labour Party won, you know, they they got like like um the I keep forgetting his name, the blind guy who was Labour Minister. He was a top minister, but he he, he ran he, he he rose up through the ranks of the, the youth, you know. And what he was a brilliant uh, minister, <laughs> just like any Tories. So when Rishi Sunak became Prime Minister, did you feel that was an indication of how far? we come when it comes to race relations did you think that was a big moment yeah i felt it was not a big i felt it was a big moment, but I, I felt it was coming anyway because you know the 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 conservative party i i i, I was never really into politics in this country but i began to observe them how especially when tony blair won the election because up until then all my experience in this country was tourists up until twenty one, okay, since nineteen, and and we've only had one stint of this labor, you know, since nineteen eighty. This is forty three years on. So we've had one stint of labor in between. The rest of it has been Tories, you know, it's all sandwich ahead. So now, trying to understand the Tories, how they operate. Basically, they they are more interested in the economy and their value system. If anybody protects those those two key areas, they are they are happy to <laughs> to to let anybody run the economy, which is why they voted for women. They've had three prime ministers that are women. They will find uh, anybody that will help them to achieve those objectives. So it doesn't surprise me really for the Tory party to 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 do that sort of thing uh, because of their primary objectives. I think right. And is it those primary objectives that makes you lean? center right now would you describe yourself as center right or right or far right or how would you describe yourself now politically i would say center right Right. okay fine so so it's like it's you saw it coming with rishi so you weren't that surprised that actually we managed i was was not surprised do you feel more represented though because there's a brown man in charge essentially or not not necessarily not necessarily But but at the same time, I I thought it, I think I, I think it is this is my personal. I think it it is expedient. It was ex, it was an expedient thing for the Tories to allow uh, Sunak to be prime minister because they needed a technocrat. They needed somebody that will basically um, govern the 
think for them up until the next election. I think the core Tories will still not vote for people like Sunak and me, you know, to, to head their party. I think the the the, 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 the core Tory party, they will still not do that. Do you but, think what, because of race? Yes, because of race, basically. They are different from their parliamentary, I think their parliamentarians are more pragmatic, basically. Because you know the you know the polling shows that actually, in terms of grassroots Tories, the person who's the most popular is Kemi Badlock. She is super yes, super but, popular. Yeah, but, but there is a reason for that. Is again because of their value system. Yes, but there then, is a the, but I think because my again this is a personal view, because she has bought into. They have a you you in fact I I take the um, phrase from you. There is social conservative and then there is economic conservative. They are two, yeah. so, so some people they are two different things. So I'm more I, I the Tories the the social part of their conservatism. I they follow Kemi because they think that she believes in the family value system. You know yeah. and the protection of children and all these things is she's not necessarily anti. Um, what do you call it, gender or whatever, but because she fights their corner in those core areas, that's why she's popular amongst them. I'm not so sure when they when they put her to test in the sphere, whether whether they will give her high scores on that one. Okay, you fair see, enough. They will, they will need somebody that will combine both. Right. The, because they are also very conservative with their economy. They want somebody to prosper the country. <laughs> when she, when they put her to test on that, I don't know what, how much score she will get. But in the social aspect, that's why they are all for her. That's my view anyway. I did have, in some of the other interviews that I've done, a lot of people, and I've only, if, I've only interviewed ethnic minorities, a lot of people have told me that actually they didn't, the reason why they didn't feel that Rishi Sunak being elected was that big a deal was because he wasn't actually voted for by the people. He was voted for by Tory party members, and okay. that actually the real test is if Britain, as in the United Kingdom as a whole, votes for a an ethnic minority prime minister in the same way that America did. Like America voted for Barack Obama. Yes. And that's what makes it, okay, oh, that that is progress. But at the same time, you could argue no one really batted an eyelid in this country that it was Rishi Sunak. I mean, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like we talked about, you know, people talked about Obama being president for, I mean, months. We're still talking about it, about how what an achievement that was. No one's really talking about, you know, it's a huge achievement that we have an Asian prime minister. It's not that big a deal because everyone's just gone, well, yes, okay, he's qualified. So that has, do you think that it would be bigger progress if we had actually voted for? Um, oh, absolutely. I, that is, I on that one, I agree. That before we can compare ourselves to America, I think we need to have an election with somebody like Sunak against Starmer. I am not convinced that Sunak will win because the underlying thing, I don't, again, I told you my age when I started. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's an age thing. I am not convinced that the country will vote for Sunak, even if he has, if he has done fantastic well because of the color of his skin. I think they will still. That's really interesting. I think they will still vote for Starmer overall. Uh, however, uh, although things have moved on, I think he will he will, he will push him hard. He will push him. I think, and I think that is why, for example, his economic policy were more certain and more pragmatic than this lady that was trust. But they still prefer trust uh, for him, and and I think it just gives you an uh, an indication of where the country is 
Yes, that's really interesting. So you think even though, I mean, obviously Rishi Sunak has a lot of other problems facing him right now that, you know, as a a party. So, But you think even if, say, the Conservative Party were in prime position and they were actually doing really well and economically we were doing really well, you still think overall people would prefer the white man over it? Okay, that's really interesting. Uh, because as I said, most of the voters are people of my age and fifties, and they, they have not changed. <laughs> you know, they will still vote for a white person. That is my view. <laughs> That's really interesting. Okay, so do you think what were your thoughts on Quasi Quateng and how he was you know, sort of treated as chancellor? Because obviously that was our first black chancellor. You could argue, you know, take race out of it. I mean, he made some pretty catastrophic errors right but do you think he do you think he would have been given more of a chance if he was white or do you think his race had anything to do with it because quasi guardian is a really interesting example privately educated went to eton talks in a way that you know when you definitely when you first came to this country the people who were at the top that's how they would speak yeah, and exactly. that's, yeah. because that's why sunak is there also and quasi because they went to eton and winchester and all that. that's why they are there is that why you sent me to private school? So I can- <laughs> exactly <laughs> get right there. <laughs> get there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so what do you do? You think Quasi Quadin was treated any differently, or do you think that was fair treatment because of his? I know it's hard because he kind of made some errors, but do you think he was treated any differently because he was black or no? Oh no, no, no! Because this is where my my knowledge of the industry of the city comes. No, they were. Can anybody, whether white, green, black, yellow, whatever, that did the same thing that he did, they will be sacked. The same way that woman of Northwest, she um, was sacked, sacked. You know, when when you do anything that affects the city and the share price of of companies or the market of of every country, you 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 are you are a toast, basically. Okay, okay. Fair enough. whether you are black, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Also, the other person I wanted to ask you about was Suella Braverman, because what I find super interesting about her is that she is the child of immigrants, right? So her parents uh, fled, I think it was Uganda uh, under Idi Amin, or but basically fled Uganda, not as refugees, but, you know, things were getting tricky there and came to the to the UK to basically seek a better life and worked here and have done very well, and that's therefore Sweller. But she seems to be particularly antagonistic, maybe, maybe that would be a nice way of putting it, but she's not keen on immigrants at all. Now, she, her argument would be it's illegal immigration that she's cracking down on, or cracking down on, not legal immigration, but obviously the legal immigration routes are also being squeezed, right? And we see the Home Office becoming harsher and harsher with those routes. Now, do you find it difficult to reconcile that a child of immigrants would be this harsh on immigrants? Or do you actually think, no, her position is pretty justified? No, I think she in particular, she has a problem. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't necessarily, because the best way to see her is to put her side by side by Rishi Shunak. They both came from the same background. They both had the same experience. Their parents were immigrants. They both went to the same good schools and they both ended up in Oxbridge. But Sunak is more measured than yeah. her. You just need to be measured and you need to 
you need to consider your background and everything. I think she's just thrown all that away and she's just shooting her mouth off. She, she has a particular problem, which has got nothing to do. Uh, and, and that problem has, obviously, it's now obvious. I mean, um, immigration has, I mean, what has immigration got to do with people sleeping on the street? What has that got to do with people sleeping on the street? So that's not immigration. That is just her shooting her mouth off and uh, trying to um, make a name for herself or trying to establish, you know, a pathway. So I think she has a problem. Um, So that it doesn't surprise me that because of that, of that philosophy or that idea that she has, it fits into the fact that, you know, more immigrants should not come in because she wants to, she wants to prove to her constituents, whoever they are, that she's tough on immigration, even though she's from that uh, background. So I think she has a particular problem. And do you think that's because, does that feed into what you, you observe in terms of the core conservative demographic, that because they would have more of a problem voting for an Asian or a black person, Suella Braverman maybe needs, feels that she really needs to prove to them that she does not, she's not a fan of immigrants either. Yeah, I mean, I think that is how she is thinking, but <laughs> she doesn't know that they will still not vote for her. <laughs> <laughs> they will still yeah. not vote for her. She doesn't know that, but if somebody should tell her. <laughs> they will still not vote for her. <laughs> I see. They will vote for her children, but not her. They will still not vote for her. Okay. So do you think that, so obviously your centre-right as an ethnic minority man in the United Kingdom, do you ever get people questioning you? Because obviously most ethnic minorities, although I think it's changing a, a lot, but when you first came to this country, without doubt, most ethnic minorities voted Labour. Yes. Definitely. Yes, definitely. definitely. Now there's a bit more of a split depending on where you come from. It's definitely not an, a monolithic group anymore. So do you ever get questioned as to, or did you ever get questioned in the past as to why you were more right-leaning than left-leaning as a black man in the UK? Because, because in my early years, really, I was, um, I would vote for any party, okay, that would serve my interests. I, for me, they're all the same. <laughs> It's just that I, I, I was certainly not going to vote for uh, Michael Hughes because he was, I mean, I was going to vote for Michael Owen or David Owen, you know, that sort of, because he he was more measured, okay? But I was not, I was not going to vote. There, there, there were no extremists in Thatcher's cabinet also. They were all gentlemen and ladies in Thatcher's cabinet. Did you vote for Tony Blair then? Yes, I think I voted for Tony Blair. Not the first time or second time. I, I must have voted for him one of his when he won. Some okay. Of one so, or two, two out of the three times or something. Yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it's um so for me, I'm I I it it is in the, it is now in the latter time because of all the changes in the society, some of the, which were brought upon by conservative ministers like um same-sex marriage. It was by conservative prime minister, not by Labour. Um, so I have to then discern, you know, which which party uh, is in line with my conservative social values and which one, and uh, how much can I take from that and how much can I take from the economic value, for example. So, for example, this one, I I I believe more the the lady that is going to be chancellor for Stammer, I believe more in her than anybody. Because but I know she's very good. 
Yes, she is very good. And she's, she's been endorsed so by quite a few people. Yeah, good chancellor. I mean, for her, that is a big plus for Labour, me voting Labour. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the economic <laughs> prosperity. She's very good and she knows her job. Yes, she does. Rachel yeah. Reeves. Exactly, Rachel Reeves, yes. Yes, okay. So, And yeah, she has been endorsed by some pretty... Economists, right? Okay, so that's interesting. So, because economy is your number one focus, yeah, (laughs) that could actually override some other things. Exactly, because I'm looking because somebody I don't like social uh, social views, but I like the economic thing because of this woman, you know, working working with him. I like the economic bit. Yes. Okay. So we were talking about this earlier in terms of like social conservatism and economic financial fiscal conservatism, and I have noticed with a lot of sort of ethnic minority uh, voters of your age. So being socially conservative is obviously more important to you than people of my generation or younger, okay? Or that we're much more socially liberal than than you guys are. And financially, you probably would, financially might be the opposite. It would be slightly less financially conservative, more sort of like liberal. So what is it from the Labour Party that you think socially doesn't ally with your views and how much is that linked with your own experience of being like basically a nigerian man oh primarily uh fundamentally because is their leader's views about this transgender thing i think they will water it down so much that there will be so much confusion which is why i like kemi badenok's uh, view that that is where i'm cons- we i will vote conservative any day because i don't unless and on and and i'm hoping that stammer will change you know that i don't view about it he will he will confuse many generations when 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 he's there so that's what i don't like his economic his economic plans they are good you know <laughs> they are, he's putting down some economy but again i will need to measure that against uh sunak's um economy is is good but he, sunak is more a techie phobe he's more interested in the future i.e how technologically advanced this country because he's done his sums and he said no the way for britain to get forward is be technologically competitive okay what was it and he, that is where so, so he has some good points in terms of you know the the the, the thrust that he wants to you know the, the direction he wants to go for this country um and i think that is what he's going to sell now whether people buy this or not but i can see some some credits in what he's trying to do also i see but it's interesting with the gender policies the from what i've seen in terms of what uh, the trans rights lobby want, they're not happy with either party, actually, in terms of what they're proposing. So they're just as angry with Keir Starmer as they are with the Conservative Party. Because at the moment, I don't think either one, both of both parties were against what the Scottish National Party was going to do. They weren't very happy with either of them. So I don't think, I think on that particular issue, they're actually quite uh similar although i think kerry badnock is maybe is words it in a stronger way but I, in terms of the actual policy difference i don't actually think there's a difference in the actual policy difference because both of them disagree with what the smp did but the, the, then my last question for you is really like in terms of ethnic minorities being conservative what do you notice amongst your friends has it has it changed do you think in terms of ethnic minorities definitely being much more left-leaning how, do you think it's changed in terms of there are now a lot more ethnic minorities who are more conservative? Yeah, yeah. I think I think now 
when we talk about, we're talking about ethnic minorities that are recent immigrants, okay? Recent immigrants, immigrants in the last 30 years or 20 or 30 years. Africa, even, even in South, South, let me say Africa and Southern Asia, the uh, conservative value, value system is more like conservative party. Yeah, the social stuff. The social stuff is more like so. So I think labels we need to be careful to get their by uh, to support. Um, and and I'm talking about people in their fifties or forties because of their conservative um, value system. Yes. Yeah, so and then they would lose a lot of young people. Yeah, they will lose the lot a lot of young people. You know, but but then the the thing is, when you come to vote, those young people they don't vote as as much as those older people. That's the thing that in true. reality in any country. In most countries, they don't vote as much. They talk in social media, yeah. but they don't do the vote. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So, so th that's my experience. Most of the um, people in their fifties or forties or so, they their their social value system is more to conservative. But the NHS, they also use the NHS protection is labor. Their loyalty on the NHS is labor also. So there's some. Uh, divided loyalties there and they, they take their positions you know nearer the elections but does it affect you i know you know you said like the social conservative issues are important to you when you're voting but do the issues where you know traditionally the labor party or the left have been said to stand up for things like stop and search so you as a black man or black men who are being stopped and searched all the time unnecessarily it's more likely that a labor 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 government or people on the left stand up against that historically they've been the ones who are against things like apartheid you know they were the ones who are much more forward in terms of rights for ethnic minorities does that not change does that not you know affect your judgment when it comes to people on the left as well that before that's before but i think the things are changing now because more many of them are moving to the middle you see so that's why for example that's why cameron moved to the middle and say okay same sex marriage because every try is trying to move to the middle you see so i think that was there that was their strong point before it's the same thing like america the americans take black people for granted and say they expect the black to vote for democrats they, they have some strong point before but I, I don't think that is that, that they, they 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 credit to them for helping us up to this point, but they've helped us. We, they, there's no need for any help again. We are now <laughs> we are now voting on real issues because they have given us a, a lot of benefits. I am very happy that what I experience is not what you are experiencing, my daughter. You don't know what we suffered, and thank God for labor. And conservative or labor more to to champion that cause, and and to an extent, you know, this man doesn't get credit for it. But there are some things that he allowed to um, Boris Johnson. He let go of some things, you know, in terms of ethnic minority. It's eccentric, but there are some things that he has done to to better the 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 lifestyle of young people coming up in this country. What young ethnic minorities? Yeah, young ethnic minorities. In terms of, I'm talking about in terms of profession and careers. Oh, you know, right. Okay, fine. Uh, but, but, um, so, for example, this policy before Su Suela Braverman came, these policies about um, people coming from abroad, you can, you know, I told you when Tatcha came, 
yes. you, you must only get a student visa. If you don't, after students, you go to your country. Yes. It's, it's around, it was not even Tony Blair that changed it. It was around Boris Johnson and Theresa May yeah. that said, you can come, then you can work for two more years and all that. Yeah. It's Boris Johnson that did all that. There's some things that he doesn't get credit for, but they, they, and, and, and that has basically broken the ceiling, you know, and allowed, uh, he did it under a different reason, i.e. they wanted the labor force. Oh no, if you've come to university in this country, why can't we benefit from it? Basically, Fair that's enough. where it's yeah. coming from. And the outcome was that you feel like there was more of an opportunity for... Yeah, exactly, exactly. So and you've seen that because members of our family who use that. Absolutely, exactly. absolutely. But you mean, then, I know, you know, I just put the other side to you. A lot of people would be are very unhappy with him for things like when he said watermelon smiles or calling black people pickaninnies and the language that he's used towards black people. But that doesn't seem to affect you as much. No, that does not, that does not seem to affect me. I, I'm seeing the substance of what he has done, the policy that he probably didn't know that that was the policy that he was putting in place. Right. Probably, he, he didn't do it for to, to support black people, but he did it to help the country, but it has benefited us. That's right. I see. Okay. That is fine. Okay. Mm -hmm. So overall then, my last question to you is you, do you think that Britain now is, is better in terms of race relations? Are we doing better than when you first came to this country in 1980? I'm telling you, my daughter, I'm telling you for one million and one. Absolutely. All of you, I never knew that I would see the day where all of you can do anything in this country that I was not able to do. I never knew I would see the day, but all of you can do, and you can go as far as wherever you want to get to, including up to prime minister. I know that he might be there temporarily, but at least he has, he has been there. He has okay. been there. Yeah. <laughs> and with all her, her, her mouth, mouth, Suela, Suela Breverman has been home secretary. With, with all her mouth, Suba, uh, Kemi Badenyam, she's business secretary. They are all there. With all, even though he was there for one month, Kwasi Fuateng has been chancellor. They've all been there. <laughs> they, and that's a big, okay, and that's a big deal. So in terms of opportunity, exactly. big deal. Okay, no, whether so they make good use of it or not, but they have been there. They cannot say they've not been there. Okay, fine. And does, do you think that's the same even in terms of like the job that I do? Did you ever think that I could do the, the kind of job I'm doing as in running the tutoring business I'm, that I'm doing? Could you have envisioned me doing it in that way when you when I was like, if I come here in 1980? No, 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 no. They would not, they would not even give you their children to, 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 to teach. They don't get it. <laughs> so, so it's amazing. So for me, oh, so when you people talk about, but but everything is progressive. For you, you, you still see a lot of discrimination. I'm looking at it from where I'm coming from. You see, that's where the difference is. I'm looking at where I'm coming from. I'm saying, oh, things are much what what is all the force about but for you you are looking at it from a different point of view because you are looking at it 30 40 years on yes what, well, where, what, what you are born into you are yeah. <laughs> our starting you, point is different you never experienced it <laughs> 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 that's you know, fair enough from your point of view my discrimination is is low level low level exactly exactly low level okay fine fair enough thank you daddy that is very helpful <laughs> I've known him for 
fact, Peter was one of my first youth pastors in church. I've always respected Peter's opinion and with his background in psychotherapy and counselling, I've always found him to be very even-minded and very fair. So I thought it would be a really good opportunity to interview a black British man and see what they thought and find out what really influences his voting and whether having an ethnic minority prime minister would influence his voting further. Have a listen. My name is Peter. I am in my mid-50s. I am a psychotherapist. I work for the NHS. I have been a psychotherapist for over 20 years. I I deal with all different types of people in crisis um, and people from who are suicidal, people who are dying, people who are grieving, people who are going through emotional and mental crisis of one description or another. So that is what I have done for over 20 years within the NHS. Wow. So your experience, I'm probably very, very busy all the time. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about uh, where you were born? And where your parents were born. Tell me a little bit about your family background. Well, um, I was born, I'm a, I'm a Londoner. I was yep. born in uh, North London. My parents are from Nigeria, Anambra State to be exact. Uh, as my dad would say, he's an Igbo man. Uh, yep. and, 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 he, and he takes a great deal of pride in it. Um, as, as like all, uh, I'm a child who was born in London in the 1960s. Uh, wow. Uh, just uh, 1960s, whose parents came to the UK in the early 60s from Nigeria with the aim of um, educating themselves and going back to Nigeria to um, carry on life as normal. They came, um, they stayed. Um, My mum went back, but my dad stayed uh, for all, for, for, to his death in uh, 2009. So, uh, so yeah, so that that that's it's classic. Classic Nigerian comes to the UK, goes to university, gets uh, gets education he or she wants. The aim is to go back, but they don't go back. They have children, and and on and on and on it yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that story before. That's great. And um, so, would you? How do you see yourself? Would you define yourself as British? Do you see yourself as um, British African? Do you see? How do you define yourself? I, I see myself of uh, I see myself as British, but I'm very much aware, uh, as my children often say, I am an Igbo man. Uh, <laughs> and that is something that's and and I have all the um, um, the, the the values that my parents instilled in me in terms yeah. of duty, responsibility, duty, responsibility, above all else. In the faith is important, family is important, duty and responsibility. So if there's a part of my, the the Ipo heritage that that runs through me, is that sense of family, duty, responsibility. What, you know, you as a father, you as a husband, you as a a follower, as, as, as as your faith, these are, are drilled into me since the day I was born. 
Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. And would you say in the UK, are you, when it comes to voting, are you a floating voter? Do you tend to vote for the same person all the time? Is it our issues more important to you or is it the personality that's more important to you? Is it faith things that are more important to you? Just so I get an idea of what drives it's, your it's, vote. It's, it's the issues. Faith is important, but you know, there aren't many Christians in the MBPs <laughs> that I've come across anyway. So I'm, I've seen them, but it's issues. Uh, the issues are more important to me. The not so much the personality, but the the character of okay. the person. I, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't worship at the altar of the of of the personality. Yes, you know, you smile. You, you it's not, it, it, you're some kind of famous individuals in our mess, so we should bow down. No, yeah. I want to know what the kind of character you are. Your character. Yes, I may not agree with you politically. However, if you're a person of character, integrity, that matters to me. Okay. Yeah. So that that's significant to me at all. So yeah. Right. So when you saw Rishi Sunak becoming the Prime Minister of the UK and mm. having mm-hmm. been a 1960s, you know, child of immigrants in the UK, did you mm. think that by the time you were in your mid-50s that this could happen? Did you think that Britain would have like an Asian Prime Minister, or did you think we we would have had it before, or do you, do you think actually it was going to come a bit later? Is this kind of in time with what you what you thought? It, it it didn't it didn't occupy my thought. To be honest, it doesn't it doesn't really occupy my, my thought in terms of where the 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 prime minister of the day comes from. It's not it's never really occupied my thought. I've never sort of like um, um, imagined or thought right. Okay, if we what you know if we had a black a black prime minister or black uh, a prime minister from the ethnic minority, yeah. um, it never has occurred to me at all all i'm interested in in that sense is that you know who is this individual what are your values are you a person of integrity do you have principles that align with mine do they do they matter um if so why um so 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 that's what really matters to me it's you know are you a person i mean there's a a phrase that has been banded around a lot is that Politics, politicians of these are career politicians. Yeah. They're not people of principle. Uh, or, or um, like, for example, you, you, people will talk about Tony Blair as a person of principle, talk about Margaret Thatcher as a person of principle. Yeah. They were yeah. talking about historical people like that. I just want to know, again, I repeat, I don't need to necessarily agree with that person's politics, yeah. but what are you a person of principle? Sure. Um, that's what matters to me. Are you a person of integrity? Yeah. Uh, can, do you say what you mean? Do you mean what you say in yeah. that sense? Uh, that's what matters to me above all else. Did you think it was indicative of any social progress, the fact that we had an Asian prime minister or not really? Just... No, I think it was I think it was inevitable. It, it was inevitable. I mean, compared to when I was raised, sixties, uh, well, sixties, well, sixties, seventies, more, 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 seventies, eighties, where. You know, you know, racism was was visual, very visual in all aspects of of life, uh, even if walking down the street, um, it was very visual. So we've come a long way from my experience. So therefore, I think it was inevitable. We were always going to get there. Just question of when. When. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, as a comparison, when you saw Barack Obama become president mm-hmm. of the United States, mm-hmm. did you think that mm-hmm. that was super indicative of, okay, wow, America has you know even a mixed race person as a president? Mm-hmm. Did you think racially mm-hmm. that was more significant? For America, yes. 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 For, the, for America and its history, yes. Um, yes, for sure. Because I had 
Um, I remember as I, as I w- work in London and I remember the day he was elected, there were many, many, many uh, colleagues uh, uh, who were from the ethnic minority who were celebrating the fact that this yeah. was significant. And I, of course, we watched the news, we followed the news, we followed yeah. the, 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 his, his, his campaign and you know his nomination for the Democratic Party and so on and so on. And yeah. we, we watched with we, we eager interest because he, but it meant more for America, for its history. So I, I'm a believer that we don't mix up American history with British history, even though, yes, sometimes we can look over there and say, actually, we can gain some inspiration from there. But I'm of the view that it had greater significance in America, that actually the glass ceiling had been broken. So this man had broken this ceiling. So therefore, the signal was to, um, it could be possible, because I think I was thinking also of um, Jesse Jackson. I, yeah, I'm old yeah. enough. To, I'm also. I'm old enough to remember, remember that, yeah. Jesse, Jack, Jesse, Jack, Jesse Jackson followed the same um, yeah. road. And yeah. So, so therefore, to see him get there and then remember that watching Jesse Jackson, my father and I, politics was significantly in our household. My God, like <laughs> in terms of discussion, politics around the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Discussing the discussing it in deep, deep into the night. Uh, I mean, um, so. I'm not just thinking about Obama, but I think I go back to Jesse Jackson. He was the one who, who, who actually, in political terms, said, actually, this was possible. Yes, he didn't quite get there, but he, yeah. he made people believe that this was possible. Possible, yeah. So interestingly, I just want to pick up a point. You said, how do you think that when you say America in terms of race, religion, and their history is different, it is very, very different. But mm. obviously there's crossover with British history and mm-hmm. our involved, British, British, Britain's involvement in the slave trade and yes. all that kind of stuff. How do you think that we're different? Do you think we handle race differently? Do you think we're better? I mean, there's a sentiment often in Britain that we're mm. better than the Americans over there. Like, they're really, really racist. They're like, this mm. really racist, whereas in Britain we we progress more, we're better, we don't even care. Like, people don't care that Rishi Sunak became Prime Minister. They don't really care about the fact he's Asian. Mm. It hasn't really even, you know, it's not mm. really been a big deal, mm. right? Nowhere mm. near is, we haven't had people celebrating, cheering on the streets, going, this is, you know, incredible that we have an Asian Prime mm. Minister. It just hasn't been the same reaction. Do you, do you, mm. why, why do you think that is? I mean, again, slavery in America was very visual. Very, 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 very visual. It yeah. was in the laws. It was very clear. We had segregation. Mm-hmm. It was. I, I mean, we had. We had. We had our own problems. Just yeah. to say that. I mean, I don't like. The, I don't like the 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 impression that oh, we, we're better than you over there. I don't like yeah. that. I don't like yeah. pointing fingers and saying we're better because you always start. From, from my perspective, you always start from your own self-examination. Are we really better? If so, why? And no, we're not really better. However, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we there was no segregation. Well, so some people could argue, you know, their segregation was very visible. They could argue that they had a civil war about it. Um, yeah. I mean, the South was something else, you know, in yeah. that sense. So, yes, do we have our challenges? Yes. Are we better than them? I, um, I I don't like to say that we are yeah, better yeah. than them. Yeah, their, their history is very different, different from ours. But we both both nations have a lot of um, what's the word? Not guilt, but yeah. necessarily, but a lot of challenges and some things that we need to recognize that we did wrong. Yeah, for sure. Do you think? Okay, so moving on now to how people on the left of politics or people who are more liberal in politics 
Do you think that there's an issue with people on that side of politics understanding that ethnic minorities can actually be quite right wing? Okay, it could be quite conservative because there seems to be mm. this um, problem, i.e., I don't know if you heard of the story of Rupert Huck, the Labour MP, saying that Kwasi mm. Kwarteng was not yes. authentically black. So yes. mainly because, you know, he went to Eton and he went, mm. had private school education, all of those kind of things, quite wealthy. Mm. And it's a conservative and she just couldn't you know, see him as authentically black because if he was really black. He wouldn't think like that. Do you think that there's an issue on that side of politics where there's a, an unacceptability that someone who's on the who's black or or Asian could be actually very right wing? Yes, by what I've read and what I've seen. Yes, I rem- yes I did remember um, um, that the I think the MP was it Grant Greenford or something like East, East, West London. My MP, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> Yes, because there's a tendency to have to group black people together. That oh, you're not. It's like um, what's his name? The, the the president when he was said, if you don't vote for me, you're 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 not black. You know, yeah. If you remember yeah. Brian Biden, yeah. which yeah. which gives the impression, true yeah. or not, I don't know, gives the impression that people think black people are a certain type. Yeah, and 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 I, I I challenged that completely, and I don't like we're, we're we're all different. Yeah, all black people. All you have to do is just just taste. I mean, just go into Nigeria, for example. You've got all the <laughs> tribes and the cultures and yeah. the, the rivalry within them. And so, yeah. when you look at Kwasi's background, from yeah. my perspective, he has only achieved something that most Africans would love. Their, their family, their children to do. Because yeah. as Tony Blair would say, education, 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 education. And loads of, in my experience, of African parents, their thing is to, you know, I have come to this point in my life. I want my children to be better than I. I am going to do whatever it takes for my child to go to the best school, to receive the best, because education is a way of moving this, move, moving my children forward. Um, yeah. And so Kwasi's parents could only did what most parents, if African parents, if they had their chance to do. Yeah, which yeah. Is, <laughs> you know, use their influence, their their power, or whatever their their willingness, or were they willing to sacrifice themselves to give their children the best education possible? Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so I I I I challenge this notion that all that he's not black because mm. he sounds different from me. His education is different from mine. Um, no, I'm sorry. Now, if you're talking about class, that's a different matter. Yeah. But race, no. But sometimes I wonder. Sometimes people talk about class yeah. rather than race. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a class issue, not a a, 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 a race a race yeah. issue. No, I, I went to a very good school. Lots of people around me went went to a, a, a very good schools, and uh, very hard to get into those schools. A yeah. lot of parents who would not consider themselves working class, or, or consider themselves working class, or consider themselves middle class, made loads of sacrifices to send their children to these yeah. very good schools. Yeah. So no. No, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't like that. They're no, not that yeah. kind of. No, 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 I don't like that. This issue has come up in quite a few interviews, actually, that I've done. That there seems to be a mix-up between race and class, mm. and that, therefore, you know, if a black person or an Asian person goes to uh, you know top school, goes to top university, mm. speaks a certain mm. way, acts a certain way, gets certain opportunities because of that, mm. there's almost this idea that their race becomes sort of 
negligible. It doesn't, mm. it starts to not matter that actually then the sort of upper middle class of this country, the white upper middle class of this country kind of sees mm. the quasi Quartings and the Rishi Sunaks as exactly like them. And then mm. the race bit goes out of the window. But mm. um, do you have any sympathy with the view that, um, as in the argument on the left, the reason why people like Quasi Quarteng or Rishi Sunak wind them up, which is that there seems to be no acknowledgement of the background that they've maybe come from. In fact, one person described it to me, they said they were actually of Asian descent, mm. with the same background as Rishi Sunak, went to a top school as well. But they said that they felt, felt that Obama actually was represented their view more or represented them more than Rishi Sunak mm. because of the way the phrase he used was the way that Obama wears his race. Mm. I.e. Rishi Sunak doesn't actually say anything about it, doesn't acknowledge where he's kind of come from very much, whereas Obama did. And I remember an interview with Kwasi Kwarteng where there was another, there was a black guy talking to him who came again from a very different class and said, mm. you know, my daily life experience is that I get followed around by police a lot. I get stopped in my car. Um, mm. I don't, you know, I have all of these issues and you, you and I, you just don't get it. Like you don't mm. get that that's the experience of mo of a lot of black men in London. Mm. Um, mm. You don't understand it. And that, that type of person, you know, quasi parties and we should see that can tend to wind up a lot of people by not actually talking about the, the, the it doesn't feel representative for a lot of ethnic minorities. So that you're not really, they don't feel that they're talking about experiences that a lot of black and Asian people experience in their day-to-day -day life. Do you mm. have any sympathy with that view as in therefore yeah. understanding why they don't feel represented? Well, well, I do. I do have sympathy with that view. But the, what I would say, first and foremost, in the sense of what I've I've learned from my own experience, you know, I was I can again, I come back to my own experience in the sense that I was raised in, in North London in the 80s. And I remember North London. London was a, when I was a teenager, London, North London was ablaze with riots. And was ablaze with riots. I, I, I've experienced a lot of racism during that period and since. Yeah. But I would, I, would, I would say in the sense that one of the things I learned and I, I look at it, I see it in, in Kwasi and I see it in, in, in the prime minister is the sense that these people are comfortable who they are. Yeah. It does not mean they have not suffered racism. To them, they, you know, my, my dad taught me, know who you are and what you are. You live in a world where people will make comments about you, your character, your race. But if you don't know who you are, and if, in other words, you're an Igbo man, and this is what it means to be an Igbo man, you are inferior to no man. Yeah. So if you have aspirations, you can fulfill those aspirations. Yeah. Yes, you will have challenges that will come in different forms, but you will overcome them because you know who you are. Identity, know who you are. Your fight, your how you walk in your life does not depend on whether who is in front of your policeman, a mugger, or uh, someone who is a racist, or in my in my period, National Front. So, and when I look at Quasi, they're comfortable in their own skin because they understand it's not that they haven't faced challenges. My God, I think they have in different ways. Yeah, but they've learned to overcome them because they know who they are. Yeah, yeah, that is what I was taught. Yeah. Know who you are. What does it mean? What are your values? What do you understand? You know, I, I, you don't need to have someone who looks like you to be. Just know who you are. And so, 
you know, I've listened to yeah. Quasi very much. I've read some of his some of the, the books he's written. As it's someone I've got to know over over a period of time. Yeah, and that he he, he has, and so therefore, and I, and I look at um, a prime minister and his background and 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 his life, and I've read about a lot. He's been instilled in him values of his tradition and his culture. Yeah, and he, and so with that, he's had the confidence to overcome the challenges he's had in his life. Similarly, yeah. for me, when people like me and talk like that, the, the, the accusation is is that we don't we uh, we we don't know what it's like to suffer racism to experience it. Yes, we are. But it, my attitude, and because it's how my I was taught by my father, who yeah. experienced more racism than I ever possibly could in my life. Yeah, he was here in the early sixties. That actually you can overcome if you know who you are. Yeah, culture, identity. This is who you are. Be proud of who you are. Do not you, you not do not allow yourself to be belittled or robbed of who you are by others, either yeah. because of their ignorance or their their stupidity. Or whatever the case may be, and so I don't, I don't see it as I have to keep talking about it. I don't have to keep. To, I don't need you to keep talking about it. What I would like, and this is what I'm installing my children, is who are you? What yeah. are you? Do you know who you are? You know, for me, Christianity, my faith is important. My yeah. culture is important. My yeah. traditions are important. My identity is important. If I know these things, and if you have, it's like as it says in the Bible, you have a strong foundation. You can't be blown over so easily. Yeah, that's super, super interesting. Thank you for that. Um, so what do you think of this argument where people will say, actually, people like Suella Braverman, because she's a super, you know, quite a controversial figure. Yes, someone so. like that, <laughs> um, <laughs> someone like that is being used by sort of white right-wing conservatives to kind of put up as a sort of puppet, as in, look, mm. we have a quite a racist immigration policy. And here, mm-hmm. look, lo and behold, we have an Asian woman um, mm-hmm. who is saying even more, you know, divisive, controversial things. Mm. whoop de do Because now mm. you can't say it's a racist thing because, mm-hmm. look, we have her. What do you think of that argument where that type of person is being used as a sort of puppet? Or do you think actually, no, those are those are just her genuine beliefs. And that's, you know, that she is she's there because those are her genuine beliefs. And mm. added on to that question, do you think there's a again, do you see why she might really wind up or get on the nerves of other ethnic minorities, as in they're really struggling to see how a child of immigrants is being that mm. hostile to immigrants mm. and mixing up asylum seekers with economic migrants because these two mm. things are being merged together when they're actually quite different. No, no. I, 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 to be honest, I don't really know much about her her history, so it would be very unfair for me to judge. Yeah. I don't know much about her. I mean, quasi, I know about because I've read yeah. uh, the prime minister. I know I've, I've read, but I don't know. But I can I can understand why it can be perceived like that. Yeah. Here you have an ethnic minority home secretary who could be argued is is espousing the views of what what we are considered our right wing uh, agenda, right wing politics. So I don't know much about her. So I like to know people before I make comments. I like to read information. I need to know something about that. But uh, her presenting herself. Yes. People saying those things about her. Yes. It could, unless she comes out and says, "No, these are my reasons. This is this is my history." I've never heard her, but then again, I haven't looked. Yeah, she's 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 what? definitely argued. I mean, she's 
she was recently in front of a committee actually and um mm. her own MPs sort of pinned her down and said look mm. you you're saying that you have a big problem with um people coming via illegal routes to the mm-hmm. UK but could mm-hmm. you explain to me what a legal route looks like and essentially mm. by the time we got to the end of the conversation she acknowledged mm. that outside of the schemes that Hong Kong scheme the mm-hmm. um, Afghanistan scheme and the mm-hmm. Ukrainian scheme mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of those three countries those are the three legal ways to mm-hmm. claim asylum if you're someone claiming asylum from any country outside of those there mm. is no legal route except for coming in a small boat or trying to illegally cross the border, right? So mm. we eventually got to that point where she had to acknowledge that that's, that is the case, mm-hmm. in which case she's essentially saying that no other asylum seeker outside of those three countries should attempt to come to the country, which is not currently the law in this country. Um, mm. that You are allowed to, if you're fleeing persecution from any country, you're allowed to, you're allowed to try that. So I think... Mm. Part of the reason why she's generated so much controversy is that she's been mm. sort of arguing that mm. you know there's loads of people coming here illegally and we need to shut them down when actually she hasn't provided any other ways for them to try and come legally. And in terms of her background, yeah, her parents were immigrants to this country. Mm. Um, I think she would definitely she they came here legally, absolutely, like my parents, you know, started mm. very you know legally. And I think she clearly sees these people as illegal as in coming mm-hmm. here illegal routes but it becomes controversial when there are no legal routes mm-hmm. that she's mm-hmm. claiming that there are so i think that's why in particular she stirred up so much controversy but there tend to be these characters in america as well you know like the kanye wests or candace owens or very right-wing ethnic minorities that become mm-hmm. super popular and and mm-hmm. a kind of championed a lot by you know you know very white right-wing conservatives who love them being on their sort of team Mm. as a way of saying look Mm. you know i found someone but conversely actually as you as we've discussed it's perfectly normal for lots of black people to have a variety of different views so Mm. (laughs) they may very well well just be their their views which is Mm. totally acceptable Mm. um so my last question is that well two questions in one but actually i wanted to ask my second to last question was about kemi badenoch had you done any research on her background because you you had read a lot about rishi and quasi i was wondering if you'd read anything about kemi yeah yeah i've, I've, read, I've read a lot about kemi i mean I've, i saw her interview she was interviewed by daily telegraph or, or was it she was interviewed by um liam holligan from um, gb okay. news yeah and, yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. Sure. So when I interviewed some other people about her, okay, so one of the mm. things that came up was that her saying that races, that report that was written, um, where it basically concluded that, you know, racism is not as much of an issue. We don't have an institutional problem with racism. That really wound mm. some people up that she was supporting, she was supporting that. And especially mm. as a black female, again, it was the same sort of argument that, you know, how could she almost kind of not acknowledge the experiences? What what did you think? Or what do you think of Kemi as a as a politician? Well, she she comes across as a very strong, direct, uh, mm. non-compromising uh, person. I, I suppose when you think of strong black women, 
I, I like to see, I, I, you've got your Don Butler, who I'm very familiar with, in, yeah. because she's an, she's an MP, and you've got, um, I forgot her name now, oh my I God. I know who you mean, uh, Diane, uh, Diane Abbott. <laughs> Diane, Diane Abbott, who I've, I've I followed for many, many, many years. years. Yeah, yeah, uh, many many years, and 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 I I've, and so in some respects, she, she she for me she adds to the flavour. Yeah. So that different types of strong black women who are, who are not uh, afraid to give their thoughts and views, yeah. and of course, why should they all have the same opinions? And they shouldn't. <laughs> right? yeah. And she's just another one, a mix. So when I think of Emmy, I think of Diane, I think of Dawn, yeah. um, I think of strong black women and they don't have to have the same political <laughs> views <laughs> and 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 so therefore that's such what uh, again uh, it wasn't something i was someone i was aware of until up to what, about 12 yeah. months ago yeah I, I became aware of it so i've read information about her as much as i've done dawn butler because yeah. she's a brent mp um same with a diane a diane abbott and 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 so and more a, a lot of significant um, women, because my my father was a, a, a what we call a, a Labour member in yeah. North London, and he yeah. was a big supporter of Bernie Grant. If you ever, if you remember the MP of okay. of, of Tottenham who died um, right. um, many many years ago, and then was succeeded by um, um, oh God, I forgot David his name. Lammy? Oh, David, David Lammy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. David David Lammy. So yeah. and and then I've, I've I've met lots of strong women, both of both what were considered left or right yes uh, of, uh, and and that to me that's more you know uh, i want strong black women from all from all persuasions <laughs> because i'll come back to what i said before yeah i don't care if i don't agree with you as yeah. long as you have principles and you're a person of integrity yeah that's more yeah. important to me yeah. we can argue to the cows come home and we, <laughs> i might disagree with you you might disagree with me but yes um so kemi from my each is adding to that rich um um which is i think is important strong black women that's yeah. that's what she's adding to it. i don't have to agree with her i don't have to i i, I, I don't have to agree or disagree with her but she's yeah. there and she's so there. yeah she's She's making, she's making, uh, she's representing strong black women in politics. That's more yeah, important. Yes, great. So my last question is, if firstly, do you see this cabinet as it were, which is technically the most diverse cabinet that we've had, um, even with Kwasi Kwarteng not there, but with Suella Braverman and well, just in general, the last two conservative governments with uh, governments with Priti Patel, Swell Braverman, Kwasi Kwarteng, Kemi Badenoch, mm. Rishi Sunak, all of these people, super uh, diverse. To you, is that is that representative? Does it feel representative? And if it doesn't feel representative, what would feel more representative? Or as you've kind of argued, is it just does it just not matter at all? If they were all white, you could also feel equally represented. I mean, I, I've never. I mean, another person in there is James Cleverly, who's the oh, yes. foreign secretary. Yeah. Um, 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 not really. I don't. I don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know James Cleverly. What you know? I, I know he's. And, and, so I don't know these people uh, yeah. in the in the sense that, apart from the ones that I've mentioned that I've read a lot about and yeah. and I've exchanged emails with some of them, yeah. are complaining about one thing or another. Um, <laughs> so no, I don't really know them. So, because what someone can say they represent my views, uh, my views, 
How do I know that? Because you say something, you say because you you say something doesn't mean I have to have evidence that you are representing my views, representing my rights, you representing my faith, or so on and so on. So, generally, I'm skeptical about politics. So (laughs) you can paint the picture lovely, but until I know who you are and you can, you know, do something rather than tell me you're doing something. And I'll, I'll believe you when I see you do something. So if sure. I email Quasi, if I email somebody, uh, people that um, and that that, that um, I talked to, because I learned these things from my dad. My dad was good because he dealt he dealt personally with Bernie Grant, you know, because he was a Labour member. He de- he you know yeah. he dealt directly with these people. So he says this, he asks this, this person comes back, and then he goes, yes, I can trust you. But yeah. at the moment, politics is about image. I'm afraid. Um, so I need a bit more than yes, you're representing. You're. I look at you and I see a person of color. Great, but it doesn't mean anything until you you show me you're a person of that I can trust. You're a person of conviction. Yeah, give me that, and you, I'm, I'm, I'm yours. But until then, no. Yeah. So them. So the cabinet looking more ethnically diverse. If it doesn't have any substance behind it, it doesn't mean anything, yeah. right? It doesn't mean anything. Right, doesn't mean anything. Adrian Pham was one of my first ever friends at university. He is of Chinese descent and speaks fluent Cantonese, and he came from up north, which for me as the most London born and bred person ever, when I went to university, it was amazing to meet other people from different parts of the country. Adrian has always been slightly more right wing than myself, but we've always managed to have great conversations even if we've disagreed. I would say he's probably Tory light, which is centre right, but he's become increasingly disillusioned with the current Tory party. So I thought this would be a very good opportunity to speak to someone who is slightly more conservatively minded about what they thought was going on. Have a listen. My name is Adrian Fan. I'm week 34. I'm a finance manager in a private health group. I am to this day delight when I bring out my passport uh, to be ID'd and it states Bolton, which surprises many people. Um, in terms of my parents, they are both uh, uh, Hong Kong BNO at the time. So they came over in the, gosh, 70s, very early, was it? Yes, early 70s to study. Great. But you were born and brought up in Bolton. Bolton, indeed. Capital B. Love that. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your your political leanings. Like how are you a floating voter? Do you vote, vote on issues only? Are you more interested in who the prime minister is? Tell me what, what kind of guides your vote. Are you tribalistic? Do you only vote for one party all the time or how does it work? Well, I think firstly, floating things belong in toilets. Um, In terms of my political identity, very good question. Um, When I was younger, uh, let's say, gosh, up until around 18, very, very social democratic, very much uh, sort of, um, you know, Fabian society, you know, I suppose not Blairite, but had an appreciation of what Blair's Labour government was doing. 
went to SOAS with you and sort of came out questioning all of that and questioning during and sort of discovered that my philosophical home, not political, my philosophical home is in being conservative, conservative philosophy. In terms of how I identify now, you know, sort of a marooned conservative um, who can vote on an issue by issue basis, a Lib Dem. I'm sort of cut from that Heseltine Clark tradition of being quite peeved about Brexit. And, you know, I will vote on an issue by issue basis. Yeah. Okay. So when you saw Rishi Sunak had become prime minister, did you feel that that was kind of an indication of how far we've come in Britain in terms of race relations? Or for you, did it not really say that much at all? How did it kind of impact you? Well, I think what's happened with Rishi Sunak becoming prime minister is that, yes, it's a milestone. And I don't want to diminish what is an achievement there, but I see it as, you know, somebody turning 18. It's something that happens, some, you know, 21. Um, certainly 40 years ago, it couldn't have happened in that kind of climate. I wasn't around then. Yeah. Uh, thank God. I wouldn't want to be. But I certainly think that, you know, the level, from what I understand, the level of racism, you know, overt, not overt, was a lot stronger in Britain. So I think it is an achievement in terms of having an ethnic minority prime minister. Yes, yeah. absolutely. My question is, is it representative? I think you've got to look at, you know, his background, his education. Um, I know he's sort of tried to overplay it um, in terms of like how humble his background is, you know, but is it representative of these uh, South Asian? And when I, I know Asian is South Asian in Britain, but I'll say South Asian just to be clear. Is it representative of the South Asian diaspora? What do you think? What do you think about kind of the difference between race and class in this in this country? Because you just mentioned how sort of wealthy he is. Do you feel like there's a sense of, well, when you're wealthy when you're an ethnic minority in this country who's that rich you know went to Eton or went sorry went to Winchester went to Oxford yeah. same as quasi Quarteng, went to Eton but then you know went to a top university that the race thing sort of disappears it's kind of like oh you know if you're if you're you know rich and you go to those schools then you're sort of one of us as it were from a white person's perspective in those I, circles I think it's mixed I think it's mixed I think different you know, if we look at people who are perpetuating racism um, in a way that, you know, really matters, obviously, all, I think, in my opinion, all races can practice racism, right? Yeah. But if we look at white people um, who practice racism, I say practice like as if it's a vocation, uh, <laughs> but who are racist, yeah. I think you know, there will be disparate groups of, you know, different kinds of racism and levels within those groups. But I think to some white people, you will have, oh, well, he's done very well for himself, good for him. You'll have that kind of, you know, pragmatic, oh, well, you know, he, you know, his, his class vouches for him. Yeah. You'll have some who are, you know, by the way, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a long, a, a quite a big range on this, but you'll have some who are quite condescending yeah. about it. Um, well, he's still South Asian or he still pulls from this place, uh, but, you know, and then uh, I think you will have some who, yeah, ultimately, you know, it doesn't matter. He still is, you know, to a far right nationalist, well, he's still a brown person. Yeah. Who should be nowhere near the levers of uh, state control uh, in yeah. this country. 100%. Do you think that people on the left 
have an issue with ethnic minorities, possibly like yourself or any other friends you may have who are right wing, right? Do you think there's a problem that they have accepting that ethnic minorities like Rishi Sunak or Kwasi Kwarteng can just be, are just very right wing, very conservative, but they, they don't seem to want to accept it. Is there an issue with the left on that? I think left wing people, um, as in the virulently left wing ones, and this is not this has nothing to do with being woke, by the way. Um, it's a very separate thing. But I think people who are quite happy to sort of bang the drum of being left wing in a quite, in my opinion, uh, how I observe it to be overcompensatory way. Um, I think they do have a hard time uh, accepting in terms of accepting. They, you know, you don't fit in with their theory nicely. So they just reject it yeah. um, about how ethnic minorities actually can and are able to be anything other than, you know, uh, left wing or conservative, perhaps. Um, I find it somewhat condescending that the left seem to think that they have a monopoly hold on ethnic minorities just because they are ethnic minorities. You know, the fundamental values of being conservative, um, anybody can sort of agree or disagree with them uh, as an intellectual mind, irrespective of skin colour. Yeah, it's true. What did you think of a, the comment by Rupert Huck, the uh, Labour MP, who MP. said, <laughs> your MP, my MP also, who said oh, yeah. Kwasi Kwarteng was not authentically black. Is that an indication of the sort of problem that, that, they, that people on the left might have? Yes. So first and foremost, you are not obliged to vote in lines with whatever it is, just because another person telling you or suggesting that you should vote this way is the same skin color as abs or ethnicity. Absolute yeah. tosh, absolute nonsense. I think it's really condescending. Rupert Huck, is she a gate master to what blackness is? Does she understand what being black is? Does she also not see that there are facets of, of being black in modern Britain today? Quite yeah. I believe it's crazy because he's, he, he's Ghanaian, isn't he? Well, he sh- it should be, I was just discussing this with the person I interviewed before who was also going to, his name is Akwesi, is his name. <laughs> Akwesi, okay. So, but for some reason it's turned into Kwasi, I don't know how, but anyway. I, I mean, it fits well with that, was it, Kami Kwasi, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'll just see you on pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 I just think it's incredibly condescending. And, you know, if, if that's the case, if what she says uh, were to become the law of the land, then essentially all ethnic, what would be, so what is the point of, of politics when you have contestable groups of ideas coming together when, you know, you just have one that is arbitrarily, well, you all are all black, so you should all vote this way, like as if it's, you know, a shepherd moving sheep through a field. <laughs> yes, but do you, do you have any sympathy for their historical, you know, historically, it's the Labour Party that has been more pro-ethnic minorities and has done things to kind of help ethnic minorities advance, whereas the Conservative Party, you could argue, at, at best has been sort of on standby and at worst has been actively hampering that progress. I'm not an expert on the Labour Party or the Conservative Party in terms of race relations. However, if I briefly bring in our American counterparts, uh, the early iteration of the Republican Party was actually quite uh, good at attracting the black vote. And it was actually the Democrats yeah. who were actively against recruiting black voters, etc. And then the tables turned and flipped and the Democrats actually found that it was not that it was cynically advantageous, but, you know, they started to align more 
with it was the uh, civil rights era and it was a civil rights era and the legislation that was passed by John Lyndon B. Johnson and things like that that started to split things over the other way. Yeah, exactly. Now, in terms of Labour being more inverted commas with it, I suppose sort of um, you know, finger hot on the buzzer with um, you know, meeting the needs of its ethnic minority voters or just ethnic minorities in general, you know, be be their legislation, yes you know, that promotes equality. There's, so you can, the thing is, you can, I, I might be going off on a tangent, you can legislate for something and at the same time, the social reality and consequences of something might be different. So if I point to, and this is one instance, but if we look at the most recent allegations of uh, racism in the Birmingham constituency Labour Party, you know, from what I understand, there's an absolute culture of uh, racism there. Uh, where, you know, uh, South Asians are kept at the bottom. They participate, but they're kept at the bottom. And then you have a predominantly sort of top-heavy, white top-heavy pyramid of hierarchy. I'm just always, I'm I'm incredibly sceptical. I don't buy it immediately when, you know, somebody says, well, Labour's done a lot for X or Y. You can pass legislation, which is obviously really important. At the same time, cultivating social change that meets that legislation, to, that meets that intention. It's very different. Anybody can talk the talk. That's a very fair point. So what are your thoughts on people like Suella Braverman? As in, you know, a child of immigrants in this country, dreaming of putting refugees back on a plane. And do you understand why she sort of triggers a lot of ethnic minorities and kind of, you know, makes a lot of people upset, very, very upset with her behaviour? Or do you think actually just because she's a child of immigrants she's still allowed to think everything that she thinks. It's still a perfectly you know, valid point of view. The fact that she's a child of immigrants shouldn't be changing the way that people think about the way that she, she should behave, right? She can definitely be an ethnic minority who just, you know, wants to put refugees back on the plane. Yeah, I think the answer is always somewhere in the middle. So yes, um, I think you'll have to uh, confirm this with me or not. Um, her parents originated from... Uh, sorry, not originated, but sort of passed through from East Africa. Yes, exactly, yeah. So with with, with that wave of um, South Asian immigration, I think, you know, one could argue, well, you know, uh, isn't it hip- hip- hypocritical that uh, Suella Braverman, or Braverman is um, sort of, you know, being very tough on immigration uh, when her parents benefited from, you know, uh, being able to immigrate because the same controls that she's advocating uh, was around then, of course. At the same time, I think she is, I think what, I think she is more of a litmus paper for the Conservative Party. I I think she is the way she, or I think she is the way she is. Look, I don't think anyone is born and suddenly goes, I'm anti-immigration from birth. I think it's very much an inculcated or a self-arrived at point. Um, But I think you know, she understands that there is a constituency in the Conservative Party from which she derives her appointment or whatever. And she 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 likes she, you know, she likes to bang that drum. And it's something that she can safely do. And look, it's landed her with um present position, Home Secretary. Do you think any of these people do you have any sympathy with the view that normally comes from the left that a lot of sort of these kind of conservative ethnic minorities here and in the US are kind of used as as puppets slash, you know, poster boys, poster girls for very 
you know, racist white people who, you know, love it when they can find an ethnic minority who says the same thing as them, because then they go, well, you see, it's not, it's not just me. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm not just being, being racist. Look, the, here's a black person who thinks the same. Here's an Asian person who thinks the same. They all, do, do, is there any like sympathy for that point of view? They're just being used. I, I disagree with that in that, you know, again, it's that sort of cadre of left wing types who love to think that everybody, everybody is infantilized by a system and uh, has no self agency. Perhaps that's true, of, you know, to a degree, uh, applies in a very limited way, perhaps, but I don't think it's certainly the global truth across the, across the board. Were you um, impressed, by the way, when you, when you look at the governing party at the moment, with Rishi Sunak and Suella Braverman and James Cleverley and before that Quasi Kwarteng and also Kemi Badenoch is in there. And you see a cabinet that looks, you know, pretty diverse coming from the Conservative Party. Are you impressed and do you feel like, yeah, that's really representative? That's good. That looks like modern Britain. Well, if modern Britain is as intellectually dismal and incoherent as our cabinet then uh, i think that you know that casts a bit of a pall on british society i've got a bit more faith in the country than the state of the cabinet i I was having a chat with a friend the other day and we were actually talking we were talking about racism and uh, actually you know we were we were talking essentially about you know uh, the origins of how would you how would you how you would place racism in terms of time you know the romans didn't innovate racism of all things um, and it's quite, you know, recent, inverted commas, uh, concept or practice. The thing about racism is just that, so we were also thinking, okay, um, what would it take, or how, how would racism end? What would that look like? And actually one thing is that ethnic minorities are expected to succeed, you know, go for meritocracy and, and, and sort of climb up. Now, I will know that racism has somewhat ended or whatever when we have incredibly mediocre people of, people of colour in all sorts of di- uh, placements, uh, employment or whatever, because you don't have to excel anymore. And when I look at this to, long-winded way of getting to the cabinet, uh, when I look at this cabinet, I think, yes, it's great to have the representation. It's great to have incredibly mediocre people. By no means am I thinking that racism is done, but... Uh, you know, given the sort of demands of government and the ch- incredible challenges we face, I would have hoped that there'd be a better team. Uh, but in terms of representation, tick, 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 yes. Yeah, but that's good. So that's interesting. So the policies and the way they behave and their competency means more to you than, you know, sort of feeling represented in the colour of their skin. Right? And I'm not, I'm not tying competency with having necessarily more white cabinet ministers. There are plenty of other talented POCs. But I think the Conservative Party, you know, the, the underwear is truly ripped and flapping about in the wind. Um, you know, they haven't sort of brought through that next generation. You know, the current generation of Conservative uh, POCs, it's the direct effort of, you know, the Conservatives being in opposition. And under David Cameron's stewardship, he fostered that group coming through for the current Conservative Party to take place. We need to go into opposition. Yes, I think they probably just need a good dose of time there. Okay, great. So if this cabinet were to look more representative to you, well, if the government was genuinely really representative to you, what would it look like? I think we have, so we live in an incredibly classist society. I would like to see more working, and it's not in a patronising way. I would like to see more working class, uh, people of working class background 
in politics. I think that's a key thing. And, you know, Angela Rayner, for instance, you know, Labour side gets a lot of crap, quite frankly. And, you know, she rolls with it. But um, the, there's a lot of snobbery that pervades, you know, the way we, we interpret things. Thank you for listening. Thanks to David Backhouse for the theme tune and to Chris Marchand for editing and all the other music. This show only exists because of support from listeners like you. If you have found something we made to be useful, please consider becoming a patron at the Tent Talks Patreon page or leave a good review on whichever podcast platform you use to listen. This really helps. For more information, visit www.tenttheology.com. <laughs>